0: Uh, Welcome and good morning. We gather here in the presence of Almighty God to come and to respond and worship. And so welcome to Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church. If you are visiting, we're real glad that you've joined us and glad that we can be in person but also online and uh, trust that God's Spirit can unite us as one as we come in the name of Christ. So if you are visiting, we'd love to have you share your information. There is uh, information in the back of the Order of Worship about a QR code that you can fill out online or there's uh, information cards at the welcome table. You can leave your information that we can follow up with you. Just a couple announcements as uh, we begin our time together. Uh, Today is Mission Sunday. It's a a Sunday that we set apart to intentionally remind ourselves of God calling us to join him in mission and a chance for us to connect with some of our mission partners. Um, And so we're thankful for this time. Um, As part of that, Ian Hammond is here and he'll be sharing uh, God's word with us in the sermon. We're thankful for Ian to to join us. You can see uh, on the sermon page a little bit about him and his ministry at Northwestern University with international uh, students and scholars there um also just a heads up that there is a mission class that's coming up the next two tuesdays the 19th and the 26th at the community space over on rockwell um and it's at eight o'clock adonijah will be leading that and it'll be a discussion looking at the gospel of john and uh, what it means for us to be in relationship to the world and to be part of the love that god is showing to the world so that's eight o'clock the next two tuesdays there's more information in the back of your order with the announcements um One other thing just to to mention is that we have a fellowship time after church, so after the service, I invite you to head outside, and over by the parking lot, there'll be uh, coffee and refreshments there, so hopefully you can stay after and have a chance to get to know each other and spend time catching up. Um, At this time, I'm going to have the kids that uh, can be dismissed. They can head to the back for children's worship and the preschool class. Uh, They can go down to the basement there, and those classes will continue through the length of our worship service. before our call to worship, I'm going to invite Matt and Aaron Henning to come forward. They're going to share with us a little about their uh, ministry work. We're thankful that they're part of our church and that we can be partners in their uh, mission work. So thank you, Matt and Aaron.
1: Awesome. Thanks. Um, Yeah, so we serve with um, design movement, and the word design is a playoff of the word Daisy. Um, D-E-S-I, which um, is basically just a word that means you're from South Asia or you have South Asian roots. Um, And the countries that are included in South Asia are India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Sri Lanka, um, Nepal, Nepal, and I think there's one or two others in there too. Um, And our mission statement is to honor Jesus and celebrate Desi culture. Um, and we do that through evangelism, discipleship, Bible studies, fellowship time, outreaches, um, yeah.
2: Cool. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, and um, one of the campuses that we get to be on is the University of Illinois Chicago. And what's really cool about the campus um, there is that it's actually one of the most diverse campuses in the country. So around, I, th- I think it's almost 75% of the campus are minority students. So it's really unique in that way. So we, as Aaron shared, we work with um, South Asian students, and so South Asian students also um, um, are a huge, huge population there. And for those of you know a little bit about South Asia, one third of all Muslims in the world come from South Asia, and almost all Hindus come from South Asia. So on that campus, we get to interact naturally with lots of Muslims and Hindus. So on that campus, it's got one of the largest uh, Hindu student councils in the country, and it also has one of the largest Muslim student associations in the country. I think that it's somewhere around like 1,400 Muslims weekly come to campus and have a service and fellowship. And so we get to interact with them quite naturally, which is really fun. And our students who are South Asian have that unique ability because the Hindus and Muslims are already in their friend groups. and so. Recently, we just had an outreach where one of the guys I disciple, Bilvin, he uh, got to share his testimony. And so we said, well, how do you want to invite your friends? And they said, well, the best way to do it is to have, um, get a bunch of food, a bunch of South Asian food, and get together. And we'll just have our friends and share you know, what God's done in our life. And so we got to do that. And I would say out of, uh, of 100 students that came, um, 75 of those students were Muslim or Hindu. And that was just quite natural. And so we get the um, opportunity of, of getting to um, just naturally interact and share Christ with, uh, with those students. And so, yeah, so thanks for letting us share a little bit. We're excited for Mission Sunday here today and to hear from God's Word. And if you have any questions, um, I think you, our information is there, and you feel free to, to email my wife about that. Thanks. Well, before we go
0: down, let me, uh, let me offer a prayer for Matt and Aaron and give thanks for the work they're doing. Lord, thank you for Matt and Aaron, and we thank you for their kids. And we pray that you would bless them as a family. We thank you for how they are representing you, Christ, in their relationships and in their ministry. And we pray especially for these uh, students that they're interacting with. I pray that you would help them uh, lead them well and show hospitality, show the generosity and grace of Christ, but also share the truth of Christ. And so we pray for wisdom and strength and perseverance for Matt and Aaron and all those involved um, in design movement, Lord. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. To uh, make a moment of quiet to prepare ourselves for the call to worship and prepare ourselves to come and respond to God in worship.
3: Good morning. Call to worship today is from Psalm 37. Will you stand with us and we'll sing it together? The Lord
4: and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his ways, over the man who carries out evil devices. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand.
3: The Lord, the justice, and has promised he will never forsake us. The Lord loves justice, and has promised he will
4: never
3: forsake
4: us. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. The arms of the wicked shall be broken but the lord upholds the righteous the lord know the days the lord knows the days of the blameless and their heritage shall remain forever the salvation of the righteous is from the lord he is their stronghold in the time of trouble the lord helps them and delivers them he delivers them because they take refuge in him Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have chosen to dwell among us, that you sent your son to walk with us and your spirit to guide us and shape us, to comfort us and bind us to you and to one another. Lord, make us feel that presence this morning in this place. Let your spirit shape our vision so that we see our world as your son did, our hearts full of meekness and love. Guide us as we choose our words and do our work in this city. Lord, comfort us, those of us who are ill and who feel the weight of this fallen world in our bodies. Heal those of us who have been hurt in our most intimate relationships. Restore our hopes when we have placed our trust in things, people that have failed us. Lord, this morning, hold us closely. Enrobe us in your presence, in the presence of your goodness and mercy, of your grace so that it may abound in us and among us and around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, we'll now continue our, our time of worship um, with confession. First we'll confess together through, through song and prayer, and then we'll have a time to confess individually. Lord, we gather as your people, tired, hungry, and seeking to hear your word and to know your will for our lives. God of mercy, you have told us what is good and what you require of us to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. Amen. Well, I'll take a moment um, for personal confession. Lord God, you are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving our sins and our rebellion. We thank you. But more than that, we thank you that you have taken us for your inheritance, not leaving us alone in our smallness and isolation, but bringing us into your eternal presence, a presence of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God forevermore. Amen. Amen. Um, please stand for the words of assurance. My little children, I am writing these things to you that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation of our sins, and not for ours alone, but also for those sins of the whole world.
3: X by G.
2: The New Testament lesson is from James chapter 1, verses 23 through 27. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts he would be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the the world.
1: The Gospel lesson is from Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of the Lord.
5: Good morning. Whoa, it's kind of loud. My name is Ian Hammond, and I am your RUF International Campus Minister at North, where we welcome international students with hospitality, explore the gospel, and equip kingdom ambassadors. I love being on campus throughout the week, and I'm especially grateful to be with you this Mission Sunday because we are partners together in the gospel. Not only have you given financially and prayer support, you have given your people to us as volunteers. And so we are so grateful for Lincoln Square Press. This morning, we're going to be in chapter 10 of the book of Deuteronomy. When you think of potential places to go on Mission Sunday, you might not think of Deuteronomy. But as we read scripture, we will find a God who is always at work redeeming people To himself, And as Moses Moses here in Deuteronomy lays out what life is to be like in the promised land, he reminds the people that they are called to be a part of what God is doing in this world. And so let's read together Deuteronomy chapter 10. We're going to read verses 17 through 19. This is God's word. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God. Who is not partial and takes no bribe, he executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. Let's pray for our time together. Our awesome God, we pray, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would open our eyes this morning to the exceeding preciousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. For we ask this in his name. Amen. Pastor Afshin Ziafad, six years old, the Islamic Revolution came to Iran. And so he and his family fled Iran and came to the U.S. Uh, When he arrived in the U.S., however, he did not speak a word of English. And so his parents hired for him an English tutor, and this English tutor would meet with him after school and read English books, and she loved and cared for his very Muslim, very Iranian family. In the second grade, his tutor gave him a book and said, Afshin, this is the most important book in the world. You won't be able to understand it right now, but promise me when you get older, you will pick this book up and read it the book that she gave him was a copy of the New Testament. Now, as I said, Afshin grew up in a very Iranian and very Muslim family in the United States, and this was not always easy. In fact, in the second grade was when, when he was in the second grade, was when the Iranian hostage crisis occurred. 52 US diplomats were being held hostage in Iran as Afshin, Iranian, an Iranian boy, was going to school in Texas. And this was not always easy. Even though his family fled um, uh, from Iran to come to America, he does remember being bullied in school when his peers found out that he was Iranian. In fact, he remembers one night a brick was thrown through the window of his house. And in his mind, and this was probably the case, he thought that these people claimed to be Christians. And so he said this. He said, If anyone else in the entire world would have given me the New Testament, I would have thrown it directly in the trash. But because of my English tutor who loved and cared for me, when he was a senior in high school, he picked up the New Testament, and God used it to save his life and to call him to Christian ministry. Afshin's tutor loved the sojourner. In our passage this morning, God expresses a very special concern for the fatherless, the widow, and the sojourner. Those were those in Israel who did not own land, and so those were the most vulnerable among the people of God. And in verse 19, God singles out one group and says, Love the sojourner. You know, this comes to us this morning uh, because though it is an expression of our God's awesome character, it oftentimes cuts against our own. Not only that, it goes against our human circumstances as well. Like the Israelites, they're preparing to go into the promised land. They're preparing for battle. We are preoccupied. We're preoccupied with the real challenges we face in this life, the challenges of family, of finances, of physical ailments. And sometimes we feel so incapable of caring for others. But maybe at other times when things are going well, we can be a bit selfish with our time, our money, our reputation. And if we're honest, it's, we find it easier to care for people who we believe are in a position to uh, serve our interests as well. But this morning, the Lord comes to us in His Word to give us love and grace so that we might love the sojourner and the vulnerable among us. And so very briefly, I want to go over two reasons that we are called to do this. First, because where we're from, and second, Because who the sojourner and vulnerable are. So let's look at this first point. Verse 19 says to the Israelites, Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. The Israelites were to love the sojourners because they themselves had been in their place before. They were in Egypt. They were under the thumb of Pharaoh. They were lowly slaves before God redeemed them and rescued them. They were wandering in the wilderness. And God invited them home and invited them in. And so the assumption of this text is that what we receive from God, we are expected to extend to others. There's an organic connection between the generosity of God to us and our generosity to others. You know, how hypocritical would it have been for Egypt to condemn Uh, sorry, for Israel to condemn Egypt from demoting them from resident foreigners to slaves to then in turn in their own nation mistreat the foreigners and vulnerable there. And so this morning, what have you received? Where do you come from? You know, you were in the domain of darkness, but you have been transferred into the kingdom of the beloved son. That's a Colossians 1. You were strangers and exiles, but now fellow citizens of the kingdom of God, Ephesians 2. You were slaves with no inheritance, but God has made you sons and provided you with a riches of inheritance in Christ Jesus, Galatians 3. You were called not my people, but now God has called you my people, the sons of the living God, Romans 9. You were not a part of the olive tree, But you were grafted into the olive tree of Israel, Romans 11. Since God has brought you to where you are from where you were from, we are called to love the vulnerable. We love the vulnerable because when we were alienated from the kingdom of God, he invited us in. Therefore, we are to love the vulnerable and the sojourners among us. We do so because where we are from. Secondly, we're to love the vulnerable and the sojourner because who they are. Who are the vulnerable and sojourning ones among us today? Well, the New Testament would go on to give us many examples to consider for our day. The Samaritans, those were the subjects of ethnic hatred. Widows, orphans, those in prison, the sick, the disabled, the poor, the hungry, the homeless. You know, in my context, it's the international student whose English English is in process and is struggling to find a conversation partner who is committed enough and kind enough to have a sustained conversation. It's my friend Andy from Nepal who I had over for dinner and after dessert he looked up and said, "You know, this is the first American home I've been in." I was like, "Oh, how how long you and he said 3 years. It's the over 70% of international students who Never enter a home while studying in the U.S. But, you know, the most relevant application for us here today is this to one another here in this local gathering, in this body. We are to love one another, especially those among us who are new and needy. You know, I love what Rebecca McLaughlin, a Christian author and speaker, said about her and her husband's three rules for church. First... An alone person in our gathering is a newcomer to someone else. You know, one of the biggest challenges we face in RUFI is when a student comes to know the living Christ uh, on campus at Northwestern and returns home to their home country, our biggest challenge is getting them into another church. And, you know, one of the most important factors of whether they stick to the church or not is if they feel welcomed and loved by the people in it. You know, the church is indeed the Israel of God, and so we are called to open open our eyes around us. I once read about a young man who was sent to Florida for basic training at the beginning of World War II. So he was sent to uh, training at the beginning of World War II. Um, and uh, on his day off, I didn't know they had days off of basic training, but on his day off, he went to the library and checked out his favorite book. And he just loved reading this book. But what really enthralled him this time was not the book itself, but the notes he found. In the margins of that book he was so enthralled by them that he went back to the library the next week and and found out who checked the book out before him and her name was Hollis and she lived in New York so he wrote her a letter explaining I am a man in the Navy I'm in Florida for training I read this book and I saw your notes and she wrote back believe it or not and a friendship began to bud And they wrote back and and forth for a long while, even until he was shipped overseas uh, to serve at the European Front. And at one point, he asked her to send him a picture. And she declined and said, you know, it shouldn't matter what I look like. And so uh, he had never seen this woman who he'd been corresponding with. But at his first break a year later, they planned to meet together. And so the plan was, is he would arrive at Grand Central Station at 7 p.m. He would be wearing his Navy uniform, and she would have a big red rose on the lapel of her shirt. And as you can imagine, the day of the meeting, his head was about to explode with excitement. He has never met this lady that he has really taken to. And so on the day of the meeting, he walks out at Grand Central Station at 7 p.m. on the dot. And as he exits the train, he sees this gorgeous, young woman in a spring green suit and she's looking at him and they're walking towards each other and she smiles and he remembers that she looked so lovely she smelled so lovely she smiled so pretty and as he was staring at her she said you coming my way sailor and he was just about to say you bet I am and then he looks past her and sees this old lady in a simple brown dress with simple brown shoes, with a simple brown hat on, and on her lapel was this enormous red rose. And so at the moment, he's torn in two because here comes this spring green suit, but here before him is the lady who has befriended him, been so faithful to him over this year. And so he made his decision, as any honorable man would. He walked up and said, Hello, Miss Hollis, my name is Lieutenant John Blackley, I'm thrilled to meet you. May I please have the privilege of taking you to dinner? And so she looked up at him and said, Son, I have no idea what you're talking about. That girl in the green suit gave me this rose, and she told me that if you ask me to dinner, to tell you that I'm across the street in the cafe. To be with the girl, he had to follow the rose. Jesus said, For I was hungry, and you gave me food I was thirsty you gave me drink I was a stranger and you welcomed me I was naked and you clothed me I was sick you visited me I was in prison and you came to me truly I say to you as you did this to the least of these my brothers you did it to me Jesus has placed the rose on the lapel of those who are struggling on the vulnerable on the sojourner this morning are you looking for the rose are you looking for the rose this morning? Are you looking for your own self-interest, your own comfort? Are you looking for the rose this morning? Or are you just looking for the best thing that walks by? Jesus says, if you love me, love them. If you want me, want them. If you need me, need them. Jesus has so identified with suffering people that he says, if you serve them, you serve me. But we know it's more than that. Jesus not only identifies with the vulnerable, with the sojourner, he became such for us. He who had all the rights and privileges of God humbled himself by coming to this earth, taking the form of a servant. He was homeless. He was poor. He was hungry. He was crucified. And the crazy thing is that he did this for us. You know, we were in a very vulnerable place. Our sin had put us in a very vulnerable place. We were held captive as slaves by them. We were condemned by them as criminals. We were alienated from the kingdom of God, but the Lord Jesus came and he set us free. Christ became vulnerable and a sojourner on our behalf so that we could have all the rights all the privileges, all the rewards of being children of God at home with him. And now, because we are rich together in the Lord Jesus Christ, our future secure, we can give. We can make tremendous sacrifices of our own advantages in service of those around us. This is what we're called to. We are called to love one another. We are called to love the vulnerable and the sojourner because of who God is and what he has done for us through Jesus, our humbled but now exalted Lord. Let's pray. Our great God and heavenly Father, we are the lowly. We are the meek. This is who we are, Lord, and you have lavished us with grace, honor, love. So help us, Lord, overflowing with the love that you've given to us to extend it to everyone we meet. For we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
3: Will you please stand with us? We'll sing together.
0: Father, you have sent us your spirit to be with us forever, to dwell in us, to renew us, and to gather us as your new community. Therefore, with great joy, we join through people on earth and all the company of heaven in the unending hymn. Having heard God's word, we're now invited to come to the table that God sets for his people. During this time, we are, are not coming forward to receive elements. We are we're participating through these prepackaged elements. So if you are participating, I invite you to go ahead and, and open those and prepare them. If you are participating in communion but need one of these, you know, please raise your hand and Pastor Eric can bring one to you. Anybody need communion? Okay. Well Ian asked us some questions as we went through our passage, questions about who we are, where we're from, or, or what we've received. And those are great questions for our passage, but also as we come to this table, on a regular basis we have to remind ourselves that this table is set for sinners. It's a table of grace. And our place at the table is not because of what we've done or what we promised to do, but because of Christ's work for us from beginning to end. This is the wonder of this table. We who were far off have been brought near. We who were sinners covered in shame have had heads lifted and called God's beloved. We who were forgotten, maybe, or overlooked are called children of God. This is the wonder of the table of Christ. And it's the good news that we're invited today again to receive and to let it be who we are it's also a chance for us to see one another and to see our neighbors in new ways. For when we know the grace of this table, it changes the way we see one another and our neighbors, even those who are apart from us or have across lines of division within our society or world. So as we come to this table of grace, let us rest in Christ's work for us, but also let us, by the Spirit, have new eyes, that we may see our lives and our resources, our calling to love one another and to love our neighbors, to show them the grace that we've received in Christ. If you know of your sin and the need before God, and if you've placed your faith in Christ, then this table is for you. If you're not yet a follower of Christ, let this table be a sign and a witness to tell you about who this God is and what his kingdom is like, the one who sees the vulnerable and invites them into his family. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this table, and I thank you, Lord, for these things that we can see and touch and taste that speak about who you are and the kingdom of Christ. Lord, I thank you that you do not despise the vulnerable or the weak, do not overlook those who our world has forgotten, but those are the very ones that you've come to heal and to know and to call your children the forgiven and righteous ones in Christ. And so let us rest in this good news today. Let us rejoice in it by your spirit and move us, change us, help us grow that we may be those who go forth loving others as you have loved us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, on the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let's eat in faith. Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. In response to our table, I invite you to stand, that we can stand and that we can pray and sing together as God's people. Lord Jesus Christ, help us to trust in the power of your resurrection, your abiding love, and your forgiveness of our sins. Set our mind on heavenly things and fill us with your joy as we proclaim the mystery of faith. doxology and receiving the closing blessing. Just a reminder, during this time we're not passing the, the offering plates, but God invites us to respond to his generosity with generosity. So if you'd like to give to the work of the church, there's offering plates in the back, or you can do so through the uh, church website that way. So let's now sing uh, the doxology together.
3: Praise, Praise God from whom all blessings, blessings flow.
4: Praise
3: him
0: receive now God's blessing. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. Go in peace.